You know things, I know some too. Sit right down, the will explain them to you. If there's a thing you want to explain, these two feminists can entertain. Nerdy stuff, sexy stuff, so much to know. Tune in for the Femsplain Show. Femsplain! Hi, Avalon. Hi, Diana. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, it's nice to see your nice face. <laughs> it's nice to see your nice face. <laughs> I love your little Christmas hedgehog back there. It's not a Christmas hedgehog. It's not a Hanukkah hedgehog. It's a holiday hedgehog. Why can't it be a Christmas and Hanukkah hedgehog? Well, I mean... He does have both a Christmas Santa hat and a dreidel, but he's it, still... I think it's... I, so Hanukkah Hedgehog is fun because of the alliteration, but it makes me want to on both of the... Hanukkah words. Hedgehog. Hedgehog, yes. yeah. But, I, but Holiday Hedgehog also has alliteration. Yeah, but the it wouldn't make sense to do the hard age the for holiday. hard age? Like the... Ugh. No. Oh, Hanukkah. <laughs> well, that's the whole point. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I just missed the point. But it, yes. he has no business being a Christmas hedgehog. That's out of the question. Okay. Done. Um, but anyway, this is Femsplained. What? This, this is Femsplained. <laughs> what? The secular holiday nerd queer femme hedgehog rodent podcast. That's what it is. This is yeah. the podcast where the hedgehogs have the mic and <laughs> people of any gender are welcome to listen to Perfect. us talk about that hedgehog. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, we are doing a little bit of a, a combination episode of homework mm -hmm. slash wrapping up 2020. Um, and wrap it up tight and then throwing it, it in the river. In the incinerator it goes. <laughs> yes. This is Femsplained officially telling you that 2020 is it, done. Yes, it's uh, done. Done with. Um, so in our in our homework uh, from the last couple of episodes, we've had some big doozies of homework uh, and some Have good we? ones. Yeah. <laughs> but I am going to go out on a limb and say that we didn't quite meet the moment on these homeworks uh however i so, i think we did some of them you just need to remind me what the what the episode topics were sure so um so one was given to us um uh, by nuance uh shadow raven yes who, this one this one is the one that i did um yes, i did that one as well was to examine like your living space and your ap apartment or house and keeping in mind that it probably meets all of the legally mandated requirements for accessibility to see where it still winds up failing um, yeah and the short answer for me is everywhere yeah uh, mine definitely doesn't meet any legal mandates yeah uh, mine i'm sure does because the building itself is new um, but like before even getting to my apartment upstairs, like the front door to the building right, is so it's, there are like, there are so many little steps 
yeah. unnecessary little steps. Like where a ramp was already in progress and then it ends with little steps. Yeah. Which like, I believe is something that she specifically mentioned. Yeah. Well, I, I like I can't understand where the choice came from um, to put it there. Uh, and then just every door has at least four or five lips to it. It's yeah. like I, I just I don't know. The only thing that we do have in this building is an elevator. Well, that's good. Which is good. <laughs> um, but but yeah, it's it's really a mess. Um, and then that's and then we get into this, you know, apartment and also like the bathroom. There's why why would there be a lip there? There's no oh. reason. It's made of the same floor. That's very interesting. I don't understand. <laughs> I feel like I would just trip on that. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, that one was kind of an interesting yes. like thought experiment to just kind of like take take note of. For sure. And I kind of wish we could have taken that out into the world a little bit more so. But again, COVID. Um, my house is built in the 20s. So. Oh, wow. So garbage. Yeah. No, yeah. None of that stuff. Yeah. No. Did you hear my stomach growl? Is that why yes. you made a face? Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't. I, I, that's not why I made a face. It was because I legitimately could not tell if it was me or you. Yeah. It was. I could, like my, it was, it felt so, because I guess with the headphones, it, it felt very like internal and I was like. That's hilarious. I don't feel anything. Um, so. Okay. So, so that, we are not that bad. We did that one. So the other one is the one that Blythe gave us. And this was a really cool project, which was to go on that freelance voice actor website and take some of the jobs and do some of the voice acting. I did um, actually do this. You did? Yes. Oh, my God. <gasps> Avalon, <laughs> you never keep secrets from me like that. I know. You know, it's, I'm so I proud was, of you. I was... I don't, I don't keep secrets. I I was so excited about it after like that I did it that day immediately after we recorded and that's the only reason it got done. Um but also what I found there was so exciting that it encouraged me to do it. I need I, tell me everything right now. So that day I logged on and somebody was casting for a game maybe I don't know what it was for but it was something where it was a huge cast of roles that they were trying to cast for and each individual character was a cat and so all of the different um requests oh for applications were like paragraph long descriptions of a cat's personality oh my god and their name and it was just the most fun I've ever had I just did a bunch of the cats <laughs> oh my god so you just wrote a bunch of descriptions of cats. Well, no, I read a bunch of descriptions of cats oh. and then had to guess what their voice would be based on the description and pretend to be like 12 different cats. Well, where with is all it? with like different extreme personalities. Where is it? Well, Give it's it never. It, no, it, it, it is not for. <laughs> oh, my God. But it was really fun. That is really that's really fun. I think were you able to see what the what the dialogue was i was for the audition but i think that like because they, they give you a little bit of dialogue i might not understand your question they give you like a little bit of script 
Is that what you're asking? I might have been on the wrong website because when I tried, it was like, (laughs) it was like you had to like build this whole profile and then apply for stuff and then they would, and then they would send Uh. you the script. I think I I wound up on like a fancier, uh, real real voice actor website. Yeah. Uh, Which I was very confused about, but I still wanted to try it. So my version of doing this, which is not what Blythe asked us to do at all, (laughs) um, not remotely, was I have been taking Monster Prom way too seriously. (gasps) Yes. Um, And uh, so I guess two weeks ago, we did like the long version of monster prom, uh, monster prom camp. And oh. is it easier to get the love interest if you do the longer version? No, no, I did oh. not get the love interest, even though I spent time with them each and every time. <laughs> I, it was like the most crushing blow after 120 <laughs> minutes of, of like, <laughs> A one a one person show of me doing all of the voices too and like um like it sounds like silly because everybody who a lot of the people who play monster prom especially on stream like try doing different voices but like the first couple times I played it like I tried to be really silly and like I tried to really take it take it very seriously uh-huh. uh and and lost my voice for a day and a half. That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, and so I went to the internet and they all told me that I, I needed to drink throat coat, which I just happened to have. Which is That's a really gross name for it's anything. It's really, really gross name. Fucking really gross. For a pretty gross tea. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it does work. Uh, numbs, numbs you right up. Ugh. Yeah. My my further equivalent is I do continue to try a little too hard to do different voices in Robin's stories. Oh, that totally counts. You're yeah. Robin's favorite voice actor. You're Matt Mercer to Robin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, see, we're we're doing great with homework. Yeah, I th- yeah, we're doing perfect. Great. What else was there? Because uh, we just had a Halloween episode. And there was no homework for that. Yes, there was, and I didn't do it. Oh, I think, but I think it was just like find a picture of yourself as a baby or something. No, I was supposed to carve a pumpkin and I missed, <gasps> I missed the window. I didn't do it. I know. I know. Next year you'll carve two pumpkins. That's, that's my penance <laughs> is I will do that. Uh, all right. Let's see. Oh yeah, that was it. Just the I think so that actually we did good. We did good. But I think that speaking of penance... Because we forgot to assign homework for the Muppet Christmas Carol episode. Oh, yeah. I believe that our homework is that we are going to invite Francis onto this episode. To, to, to finish what he has to address. To say. Yes. <laughs> and to address some of his main complaints. His grievances. From our, uh, yes, his grievances from our episode. Yeah. Um, and then after that, just, just as a little treat. For you listeners, we're going to do a little year in review wrap up yeah, and have him join us for that, right? It's going to be very, very factual. Not a lot of emotions or opinions involved. This is going to be straight facts about what games were good and what were not. We're going to do a very hard review. I'm just Yes. Kidding. Just, you know, the things that we, we touched upon. What nerd culture has done for us in 2020, if you will. Yeah. And what it has done to us. 
to us, um, for us, <laughs> from us. Yes. Um, all right. So then I, I let's uh, let's drag Francis in here so he can yell at us about uh, about Muppet Christmas Carol, uh, and we can and we can all move forward <laughs> with our lives. In time. <laughs> And into 2021. Click. All right. So, what were All you right. about to say about Santa? Yeah, Francis, please. What was I about Continue. to say about Santa? Yeah. Like it, it doesn't make him more of a Christmas hedgehog because Santa doesn't count. No, I think I was going to say uh. that he reminds me of the people in school who celebrated both Hanukkah and Christmas. And I always was jealous and also puzzled by them because I couldn't figure out how you could have both those worlds simultaneously. It seemed like it would be overwhelming insofar as like, do you believe your mom? Do you believe your dad? Do you believe in nothing? And I just think it, it, that's what that hedgehog reminds me of. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's mom, dad, it's, it's, or nothing, or nothing. It's <laughs> it's one of the beautiful the beautiful aspects of of uh, of the religion optional way Christmas exists in the world, like where you just you don't actually have to believe it. You just get Christmas. It's yeah. a complimentary Christmas that everyone is allowed to have. To me, Christmas is post war capitalism. Yeah, and that well for me. Christmas is about the birth of baby Jesus. But he was born and in celebrating, the spring. And that's why I'm here today. Oh, yes. To teach us all. mansplain Christianity to both of you. Oh, my gosh. I, I wouldn't hate that episode. I, I was just asking Francis some questions last night about the wise men. Yeah. I never really understood if they were kings or not. And I learned all kinds of A little of column things. A, a little column B. Because you see, my children, in the first four books of the New Testament – a.k.a. everything from Jesus and beyond, the first four books are four slightly different interpretations of the Jesus story. And in some of them, they are kings. and others, they are wise men. And it is widely believed by historians that they were courtiers, astrologers, or what have you, working for the kings in various lands. And this star was an astronomical event that aligned with their prophecies that they had heard about. And that's why they came to visit the, child. the reason why I can't have a podcast with you is I've had like three <laughs> funny jokes to say about things you've said, but you don't insert enough space, so no, I didn't like get to say hole. any of them. I'm like a black hole. <laughs> One, when I wanted I to make say... a courtesan's joke about courtiers, and then oh, what was the other thing? Oh, I wanted to say one of my favorite special episode tropes is story told from perspective of multiple characters. If you think that as a <laughs> cishet man, there was going to be a moment where I was going to pause and allow you in to make those jokes in the midst of my explanation, then I, I don't know what to tell you other than getting back to it. Again, Diana the, was trying the good, to say something. The good Lord, which is what this episode is about. I just want to say that uh, I, I don't trust historians and neither should you. And also, are there people who don't know that first four books of the new testament were written by different people well i knew they were written by different people but i didn't know they were telling the same version of events i thought it was like oh. i thought it was like they pick up where the last person left off in the story 
Oh no! And then what about all the ones that didn't make it? They didn't make the cut. They're all the on ones the that women floor of the Bible. The, apoc- all the, ones that were- <laughs> the apocryphal books. The apocryphal books. Yeah, I know. I brought it up, Francis. But I <laughs> <want> to- <laughs> so we are kind of here to talk about Christmas. A little bit, are we? I don't- oh yeah, we are. Yeah, a little bit. Corporate okay. Christmas. So. One of the best parts of the Muppet Christmas Carol episode for me, because when we went into that topic, I said, Diana, I can't talk about this for an hour. And lo and behold, I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) No. Was that I really was looking forward to Francis's reaction to hearing the episode. Yeah. And so he he is here today because I am so tickled by how mad he is. So, you know, I I want to support you. In your I, your artistic pursuits. Wait before you before you go. I do I do want to say that, like some things, like weirdly happened immediately after we published the episode that then did change things. So that's true. Uh, Much like the yeah. apocryphal Bible chapters, they unearthed in ancient jars <laughs> in the desert. <laughs> Yeah, this fucking song. All right, sorry, Francis. So, so walk us through your emotions about the Muppet Christmas Carol episode. Well, you know, I I I support this podcast, and I think that it's an important thing that the two of y'all are doing. And I would, under normal circumstances, I would never, um, I would never seek to come on and and contradict or correct. No, and, we forced you on. Yeah, well, yeah, we did. well. well you had said almost like to you the had point said, where it was like, stop making us ask you. You had said, why don't you come on and for the homework episode talk a little bit about Muppet Christmas Carol? And I said, no, that's really not my space, and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to impose my presence. And then I listened to the episode and changed my mind immediately because <laughs> it's not that you explained it so badly; it's that you explained it for maybe an eighth of the episode and then spent the rest of the time talking about everything other than Muppet Christmas Carol, (laughs) talking about Muppet Wizard of Oz, casting hypothetical versions of Muppet Peter Pan. It just was such a Which, by the way, exists. Yes. It does. Yes. Well, as a Muppet Babies episode. Well, Muppet Wizard of Oz exists as a a full Muppet Wizard of Oz fully exists, but Muppet Peter Pan also existing, even in Muppet Babies form. It was a blow. All credit to you. I, I do appreciate that you managed to magic out of nothingness and Muppet Wizard of Oz. Because it did not exist before your episode. <laughs> it did. Oh, what's that no. thing that people say on the internet? Uh, oh, Mandela Effect. Yes. This was the Mandela Effect. Femsplain is out there creating Mandela Effects. <laughs> Mandela Effect. For, for about five people. <laughs> it's, it's really working. <laughs> Mandela Effect makes me so angry because it's a theory that's just based on people being unwilling to admit they're wrong about something very, very minute and stupid. Like, that is the entirety of Mandela Effect. Or being unwilling to Google something. Yes. Yeah. Which one might say is also (laughs) something that you all did with Michael Christmas Carol. (laughs) I gave it a cursory Google. I, I, but then yeah. I stopped. I appreciated that you read the Wikipedia article. But no, I think that uh, any time <laughs> that you get it wrong, just chalk it up to the Mandela effect. Yeah. 
So Francis, I so what what are your you've told us all how much you support us and I think do. that we're very important. And, and then I undermined it. Humanitarian work here at Femme's Plane. But if you could just tell us what the fuck your feelings are about <laughs> Muppet Christmas Carol, that would be great. My feelings about Muppet Christmas Carol are that it's the greatest Christmas movie of all time and that Michael Caine does a a, a, a balls to the wall amazing Yuletide performance, which I think was the one thing that in my mansplain four minutes I really honed in on. Um, So it was particularly egregious to me when Avalon said he could just be replaced by any British person. Yeah. I I wouldn't say that I was offended by what Avalon said, but I also was surprised because this is not the first time that I've heard somebody say that Michael Caine was only okay in Muppet Christmas Carol, which is ludicrous to me who said that i want names well what does he bring to it he is just like he has a sour face and then he has like a pitiable face but he doesn't like sing or dance or like he does sing and he sings multiple times not very well this is the true crime of that song being removed from the movie is now you've got yokels over here saying he doesn't sing because they took away his song that's not his song that's that random weird Sopranos song. What's so weird about her? Uh she's a little she she seems out of place. She's kind of like, like the human equivalent of the ghost of Christmas past for me. Why? I thought she was lovely. Yeah. I mean we don't see much of her. Yeah. That's not that's well let's we'll save that for the spin-off. Okay. About- I just going back, I upon rewatch don't really understand their breakup. Is it like it's a little it's just, a, it seems a little out of left field. And it seems like there's not really a discussion about it. It's kind of like, we're not going to get married this year? Well, bye then. He's kicking that can. Some people, for, for some folks, I think, so back back in the day, it seems to me that you, you didn't really have like engaged or engaged to be engaged or, uh, you know, we are a long-term loving partnership. It was either we're nothing or we're married. And so I guess she was feeling like, one might feel if you dated someone for a year and he was just like, well, I don't really know what to call us. Well, she was like 16 and that clock was ticking. Yes. Yeah. Because as we all know, exactly. the biological clocks were set much earlier in those days. Yeah. <laughs> they started at birth and and then at 17, they killed you. Yes. So, she, yeah. so the stakes were high one. for her. Yeah. <laughs> but I do feel that he was, I, I do feel it's a lot more than just mad face, sad face, Wistful face, happy face. I, I really think that he, I don't know. I just think his interact, I don't know. The way he interacted with people to me, like, I don't know. I, I'm not good at describing acting. Do you acting. mean how he interacted with Muppets? With Muppets. I think he yeah, did a really <laughs> solid job. You know, he made those Muppets feel like they were real, which as a kid. I agree. I think the puppeteers did that. Well. But also it's how people react to them. If you like, have you ever seen a bad Sesame Street guest? Yes. Like, I've seen some Sesame Street guests who are just like, I am... I can't think of one, but I want to watch that. Ian McKellen. Oh, really? Did a pretty lousy job, because after you said that thing about any British person, I was like, (laughs) all right, well, let's see about that. And I Googled every British person with the (laughs) keyword Muppet next to them and watched their videos. Avalon, you think a British person could replace Michael Caine in this movie? Name every British person. (laughs) 
never mind. I did it for you. Let me tell you about oh it. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> but I guess for me, like, because I got a chance to kind of already, like, you know, glop about Michael Caine, I think that the part that was really missing for me in the episode was talking about the Ghost of Christmas present. How do you not spend all your time talking about how great the Ghost of Christmas present we, was? We did. I talked about a it. A wee bit. And how they aged him. Yeah. yeah. And how it's my as favorite. A baby. No, he should not have started as a baby. <laughs> What's the line that you like when he's first introduced? Ho, 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 come in and know me better, man. Did I say that already? Okay, now say that as a baby. He wouldn't be able to talk. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> well, then was there anything that you truly forgot to like really get into in the movie? I think you talked about the Ghost of Christmas Pass. You talked about the Ghost of Christmas Present a bit. Then you played FMK and just poo-pooed all over my childhood. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but talking about how sexually <laughs> magnetic Sam Eagle is, is a part of my childhood. So <laughs> it's something don't that can Don't erase our be... experience. Listen, no one is here to talk about... <laughs> don't, don't erase <laughs> our voices. No one's here to say that there is not a, a certain sexual magnetism to Sam Eagle, all right? No, no one's going to even try to make that argument. That's an impossible Good. argument. Good. Yeah, I guess... Genderless argument. I guess I'm wrong then. I guess you really did it. You know, like so many things, you know, I went in <laughs> thinking that I was right, but then I listened to you for a minute and you pointed out some facts. <laughs> and so I think I'll just say we'll agree to disagree. <laughs> oh, great. Great. Fantastic. Um... How do you... Can I ask how it feels to you to have the song be reinstated? I... So when... When I discovered the song had been removed was in college. I did a Muppet Christmas Carol viewing with my residents as an RA. Not terribly mm. surprising. And we watched it, and there was two versions. That was the first-run DVD. Uh, preceding DVDs did not have this option. But this first-run DVD had either a theatrical release or the straight-to-video release. And I was like, oh, well, like of course, the theatrical one. And that's the one where they removed the song. And when it happened, when this came about, that he's sitting there and Belle's like, you said that last year. And then she just Fs off. Yeah. I stood up and I yelled. And I was like, I don't, I'm sorry, everyone. I don't know what happened. And everyone's like, it's fine. Please let us watch the movie. And I stopped it, <laughs> went back to the DVD menu, clicked the video version, and then skipped ahead chapter by chapter. Uh, just I didn't even go to chapter select. Oh, and it was on there. It was, Yes. That's oh. the only DVD. I know I, in my man's Man I said that none of the DVD releases, but that one DVD release had an option to watch the version with the song. But ever oh. since then, I, I got really into VHS after college and had a very large collection when Avalon met me, which included that VHS. And I've since That's then... a very unsurprising part of the, the Francis story. <laughs> I've since then, I've only ever watched it on VHS ever since then. So... To know that it is now easier elsewhere to watch it in that way, because I, I do think that without that song, it's not the same. I don't feel that I feel like when you see what happened in Scrooge's youth, when you see that he comes to this crossroads where he can either become a good person or a bad right. person and this. You know, he's got all these bad person tendencies. He's got like all these things that like make him not such a great dude. But there's this person in his life who helps him be better. And it's sort of his yeah. one 
connection to humanity. And when she goes, he just, all the worst parts of him, there's nothing, there's no checks, no balances. And so he just becomes this, this really horrible man. Right. Um, so, okay. <clears throat> so I agree with you. I just want to say that first and foremost, I agree with you. I think that the song takes one, that away uh, from, from Scrooge's character. But I think two, it, it also ruins like the, the musical aspect of the, the movie's symmetry mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. all of that. What I want to know is how did you react to finding out that when we all watched the movie uh, recently, you were not there, but, but many of our other friends uh, re-watched it with the song and the overwhelming opinion was that the song is not very good and that it should have been left out. And I just, <laughs> I, this was not from me, but this is, this was the, the general reaction of the crowd. I appreciate you being the messenger. Did no one tell you? <laughs> no. no, no one told me. Um, well, Everyone was afraid to tell you. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I got derailed. <laughs> In answering your very simple question by instead restating something you and Avalon already talked about and not answering your question. So I will answer your question. How do I feel about that song being back? I don't care because I was watching it on the VHS and it was good by me. I I guess I'm glad that it's out there. How do I feel about this new piece of information? (laughs) Which uh, just... I, I kind of feel like this is like a daytime talk show where, you know, I've come on under the pretenses. And I have them right here. I, yeah, I've come on under false pretenses. This is just an opportunity to tell me that, that my friends don't like something great. I don't know. I don't know, Diana. I think, you know, listen, Disney execs are not always wrong. They make a lot of weird decisions. This one maybe made sense. The, the Disney executives, they cut it. They didn't think that... It was going to be good for kids. They thought it was going to slow it down. Maybe it does. I personally, I think it's a really good song. I I would defer to Marty, as I often do <laughs> when it comes to musical questions. Did I not ask Marty just the other day? Marty, is this song a bop or not? Did you ask Marty? I did. Yeah, there was a Christmas Carol I, from the '80s that somehow I, in 33 years, had never heard before, and I think it's a bop. But I was uncertain, and so I asked Marty, and he confirmed. Yeah, he is the expert on. He that. verified it's a bop. So I would yeah. personally like to ask Marty if Marty considers when love is gone to be a bop, and if Marty does, well, then it's probably a bop. And if Marty doesn't think it's good, then then it's not a bop, and it's bad. Well, but it's definitely not a bop. It's Marty, a it's a bop uh, of sorts. We have a question for you. Um, okay. As the as the musical genius of this foursome. Thank you for addressing me by my title. You're welcome. Um, is when love is gone from a Christmas Carol a bop? Yes or no? I have to answer yes or no. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it's definitely not a bop. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't think you could define any ballad as a It's a slow bop. No, that you don't it's know. It's a slow you, you, bop. All you're doing is demonstrating that you don't know what a bop is. I know what a bop is. I watch television. I know what a bop is. Let Marty talk. <laughs> Marty, what is what is it then? Uh, I think it's like it's 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 supposed to be the emotional like moment in the in the movie. You know, it's, it's like a 
emotionally driven song. Yeah. I think uh, we'll stick with the word you used earlier, ballad. That seems like something a musical well, genius a ballad, would say. Yeah. Yes. Is, there a is, it, is it a thumbs up or a thumbs down? <laughs> uh, give us a simple thumbs up, thumbs down. Of the song? Yeah. I mean, it's thumbs down. Thumbs down. Marty gets it. Okay. Down. So musically, musically, maybe people don't like it. And I think that's fine. I think it's so critical to the movie. And I think it's good. And I think the harmonies between Scrooge and Belle, old Scrooge singing with young Belle as young Scrooge sort of like F's off to, to the future. I don't know. I think there's something so gorgeous about that. I think that um, if people don't like it then I probably don't want to watch Muppet Christmas Carol with them, and that's fine. I'm actually glad that you pointed out that harmony, because that might be why I don't like it. I think it's creepy. Why? Because he's like, he seems like lechy and like... He's not lechy. It was his girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, but like a long time ago. Well, but it's not like, okay, it's not like he is leching on her at his age now. She's a... Of like it's like if I were watching a video. He's mourning the memory. Yeah, he's mourning I don't know. This, I think he's moment. mourning the fact that he could have had a tasty snack. You can't let you, uh, <laughs> he had the tasty snack. He had the Can tasty you not snack. Say tasty snack that way he, ever again. He was having that tasty snack all day and all night for a year, probably two not. years, probably, three years. Probably not. Well, you're right. Probably well, not back in the day though, holding hands was the tastiest snack. Yeah, just like they killed you at once you turned seventeen, yeah. you were unmarried. So it wasn't about the snack; it was about getting to really be in love. And it's like watching an old movie, and I don't think it's lechy. Um, I think that it would be less controversial if it were a little shorter. I think it, it should be in there, but it should have been shorter. That movie is seventy-five minutes. How can that song be long? It's it. It feels. It doesn't long. need it a second a verse. Well, you know. All I, all I would say is then, I guess, if if you all think that it's not, and you are experts on Muppets, based on knowing all the Muppet movies and stuff, so I guess you just know better Listen. than Jim Henson. I guess so, you know so, better than Jim and Brian Henson. So now, <laughs> all right, so this, this additional piece of information that came to me after the episode was that this guy who was responsible for removing that song has... has done this before had done this um previously with another movie and now i can't remember it was the little mermaid supposedly he wanted to take out part of your world yeah well which is in it's because that's a bop acceptable that's not a bop it's a slow bop it's not a slow bop but it is a powerful and important bop song change disallowed Marty's Marty's musical expertise is questionable. No, it's just it's it, it exists outside of this decade. It's so, so I don't but know so if does we're this move bring him on. But you know what? The simple thumbs up, thumbs down really got to the meat of the issue. Well, I would like to bring yeah. on a second expert if you know. Who's that? You want to phone a friend? Can you I don't think know of, any other. You have no geniuses. allies. You have no, no allies. I would like to call Brian Henson. Is he the one that got like disowned? I didn't know that there were black sheep in the there... Henson family. There's a Henson family black sheep, I believe. What? I think it's the one who did the dirty movie. He doesn't, and were the puppets involved? I assume they have to be. Someone this. <laughs> that's a Henson family uh, mandate. Well, I guess if you were to think of a Henson black sheep, then it might be a Henson who was just totally despised puppets. 
I guess is the other direction that could go. Either he would make evil puppets or he would just hate puppets altogether. Hates puppets. Thinks thinks people are better than puppets like a chump. You got... You got anything else? I'm truly, honestly, it, it's very funny because, like, I feel right. like as I was listening to it, I was thinking to myself, like, wow, they didn't talk about any of the things that they were supposed to talk about. And then I, in talking to you and having this opportunity to come here and set the record straight, I, I have absolutely nothing to add. <laughs> I think you do. I think it's just been so long since you listened to the episode that now you don't remember. Well, this is the kind of thing where you can you can edit. You can chop it up. and, and... We don't do that. Okay. Well, I, I do it a little. I'll bit. pause then. Let me pause for a second. Did you know really that Brian think. Henson was Hoggle? <laughs> what? Yeah, I didn't. The know voice, that. not like the no, not no. He the was Hoggle. That's why he was the black sheep because he looked like yeah, because he's super creepy and tried to kiss that teenage girl. <laughs> that was not in the script. <laughs> you know what? That reminds me of a song that was near and dear to his heart. <laughs> not Scrooge is not trying. He's it's the me- all right. It's not going back down that road. Hold on, let me think. All right, film opens. You talked about Gonzo and Rizzo. You acknowledge that that's a really good framing of it. You talked about the ghost Christmas past. You talked about her being down in the pool of oil like a scary monster. You talked a little bit about the ghost Christmas present. I kind of talked about the way that the ghost... Okay. Yeah, there's nothing. Do you have any thoughts about the ghost of Christmas future? Because I, I had brought up like that of the three new Muppets mm-hmm. invented for this, like one needed to go right in the garbage and that's past. But we didn't hmm. really talk about future. I, you know, I don't have a ton to say about future apart from that. I think of all of the things in that movie, he looks the least real. Like he looks to mm-hmm. me like, one of those things you see when you walk into spirit Halloween store, like one of those like Halloween decorations that no one in their right mind would, would spend $700 on. I would have liked it if they kept the traditional ending of Christmas Carol where like he opens up his skirt and there's like all the babies under there, but instead they would be Muppet babies. I think that that would be a fucking amazing. I know it would take away from the seriousness of the scene, but after we get the emotional exposition of Michael Caine crying, then Ghost of Christmas Future could open up his little skirt and show us all the Muppet babies. Well, so I <laughs> missed I, opportunity. I think I know. I think I remember what you're talking about. But in 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 the book, Ghost of Christmas Present also had babies under his skirt. He had uh, oh, what were their names? Famine and like sadness or something. Like he had like two like kids who lived under his skirt who were representative of like all the need and greed in the world and they were like two nasty like little like grubby kids like like, you open up the skirt and they're like hissing at you and whatever and he he has the whole thing with Scrooge he's like yes you see the children under my skirt they are nasty little children and isn't the world kind of like that (laughs) like yeah exactly totally direct quote quote. and I think (laughs) We can agree, given how much we like the Ghost of Christmas Present, that would have been really off-putting. It would have really <laughs> tainted our our impression so of that guy. Are you sure it wasn't like under his robe, probably skirt, man skirt? That there were it was like a reminder 
of the stark reality yes. of like feast and famine. But 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 probably ta- like a sympathetic or pitiful. So Ghost Chris Present, I think, was a bit of an asshole in the book, and he was kind of shitty about those kids. That's something specifically I remember reading in right, like fourth grade right. and being like, that's He's being real shitty about those kids. Oh. I think you're right. Yes, they were a symbol and we're supposed to feel sympathy. But weirdly, the ghost Chris Brett is just like, what the? What well, are these nasty kids? Well, that's his whole point. Kids? He's living in the moment. He's living oh, in the moment. Yeah. He doesn't have time to think about <laughs> about about those long-term consequences. Yeah, they're killing his buzz. Weird. These two yeah. nasty kids. Can you imagine being born for living only a day and... The bright side is you can conjure feasts out of midair and you get to teach people about the meaning of Christmas and feel pretty good about your your career. But the downside is you inexplicably have two nasty little hissing kids following you around can all the time. Can I imagine that? No. <laughs> yeah. What's the work-life balance like to be a ghost of Christmas Way present? too many. None. 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 No work-life balance. Toxic positivity because he's like, no, you know, when you love your job, you don't work a day in your life and I only live for a day. And I love my work, and all I'm doing is working. And I got these two nasty kids under my skirt. Why doesn't we're, he just feed we're them? Family here on the astral plane. <laughs> Why doesn't he just feed them? Well, that's fucked. He can conjure feasts. I know. Oh. I think that's the that's the takeaway. I take think away. he does feed them, and they're it's never enough. I think that's uh, why they're so nasty. I don't think they're nasty. <laughs> they're nasty little kids. <laughs> <laughs> the word nasty is starting to become a nonsense it is. word in my ears. <laughs> I think they're tasty snacks. Okay, now now it's weird. Well, I just wanted FMK, to say it again. No. No. All right, well, so here's what I'll say is that you got it right. The episode was perfect. I don't know yeah, what I, I was – I don't know why I was so mad. I um, think I got I to gotta talk to somebody. <laughs> I got to process that. All right, Francis, then just FMK. Okay. The three ghosts. The ghost of Christmas past is a child, so I'll need to kill her. A timeless child, but a child nonetheless. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, Mary, ghost of Christmas present. Obviously, fuck death. Fuck the ghost of Christmas future. I bet there's a lot of there's there's a lot of history that the ghost of Christmas future needs to like express. Uh, well, all right. Sexually. <laughs> Okay, can we can we put this in the context of a ghost of Christmas past that is not the Muppet Christmas Carol ghost Christmas past? Since that ghost is the non-starter? I mean, we have to do a lot of mental gymnastics to make FMK work. Could I so, bring yes. in the ghost of Christmas past from Scrooged? Yeah. Can you remind me of that one? Yeah. Oh, it's the actress who is in Kimmy Schmidt, who's like their landlord. Oh, oh, really? And her shtick is that she keeps that. kicking yeah. him in the balls. Yeah, it's like a lot of physical comedy. Scrooged is the best I version of a Christmas Carol. Ooh, all right, all right, all right. I, I, I can't, I can't agree with that. It's good. I remember liking it, but I don't think I can. Agree I don't with think that. Bill Murray. I think Bill Murray really phones it in in that movie. I think he's just Bill Murraying around doing whatever Bill Murray wants to do, and I don't think he's believable. Uh, so we have Bill Murray on the line. Bill Murray, <laughs> what do you think about what friends? Yeah, what do my said? supposed friends say about Bill Murray's version of Scrooge? I wonder. It's so, it's great. Well, anyway, fuck that ghost of Christmas past. Yeah, sure. Mary, ghost of Christmas. I guess it's still the same. Oh, I don't fuck death in this one. Then I kill death, and then I become death. Like the I Santa think those Claus are the rules. Yeah. Yeah, like the Santa Claus. Yeah. The death clause. Yeah. 
to talk a little bit about some of your uh 2020, 2020 nerd year in review what has nerd culture done for you this year what's nerd some culture of your done for me yeah yeah what are your best experiences with nerd stuff in 2020 your faves my top faves all right so do you want to do we want to do categories yeah you, you want to you... start with games maybe yeah, you, what were the categories? Categories were... It was games, movies and shows, and, like, nerd, like, events or things that occurred. Yeah. Um. So maybe everybody wants to talk about games. Let's do it. Mm. Diana, would you, would you like to talk about your games? Your maybe top, top few? Three? Yeah. The, 2020 was, like, weirdly... A, 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 an unusually good gaming year for me because normally i just replay the same game over and over again <laughs> as you know um which i did do of course i did fit in my annual dragon age replay but i also played more new games than i think i ever have um and uh yeah it's got to be spirit fair is the is the top experience um game changer for me uh and also like was like exactly what I needed in a, a game at like a very specifically weird time um, where like death was just very like overwhelming and all over the place. And then it was like, here's that, but sweet and cute and you can, can confront it. Uh, so that was, that was a big deal to me. Um, I think like, even though I, I, I honestly, one, don't play it anymore. And two, like don't know if it really deserves this but i think just because it met the moment in a way that games <laughs> like should not be able to do without the power of premonition but animal crossing yeah. horizons has to have like honorable mention as like the game that saved us all it did for a brief window of time it at least helped <laughs> ease us into the transition of losing all of our normalcy yeah it was like i don't know if there was like a sedative yeah, yeah. And then it wore off and things were still hard, but at least, like, that transition into the horror of 2020 was eased, right. I would say. Definitely. Um, and then I'm having trouble. Did... <laughs> was the Untitled Goose game this year? No, it was last <laughs> year because it was your Halloween year? costume last year. That's right. It wasn't the last year because we went to Halloween. That's what Avalon just said. Oh, okay. Well, it's important that Marty say it I really also. have a type. Uh, <laughs> so, um, okay, so what, what else, uh, uh, games-wise? Um, I think, again, the game itself is not my favorite and is not mind-blowing, I guess, as a concept, but I like the hero's journey that is among us. <laughs> that, like, <laughs> that, like, this indie game just i don't know became like the goat yeah i yeah. uh i definitely thought you meant like within the story there was a hero's no, journey narrative no and i was like mm, no yeah. but mm, i see what no. you mean you mean it, the developers the developers and like this like sort of uh cinderella story i guess is more accurate than hero's journey <laughs> um but but i i liked that as a as a triumph uh, but I think st still the number one is is definitely Spirit Fair for sure. Nice. How about you? Game wise, I would say Last of Us Two. 
Um, mm. And I think that part of that was the experience of, of playing it because I started playing it right after Robin was born, um, where you're in those kind of two weeks of like, there is no night, there is no day, food is showing up on your doorstep uh, at all hours and, and dinner is just whenever you are awake. Um, and just we would wake up when the baby woke up and I would start playing Last of Us 2 and Avalon would watch and the baby would baby. And we just yeah. played through like 40 straight hours of that game. And I, I don't often get to do that much video gaming that much, many hours straight. Um, and so I felt very immersed in the story in a way that I might not have otherwise. And I liked that that game didn't really pull punches um, and didn't really give you options, um, which I think some folks have criticized that like you can't like it's kind of like you're on a track. Right. You're 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 watching. I I actually am a person who tends to prefer games that give me choices, mm -hmm. but I think that this game very clearly went in with the intention of of telling you a story yeah. and like walking you through a story, which I think is just a different narrative choice and it's it's a good one yeah i i, I really liked that i think it, it, for me it's sometimes kind of refreshing open world games kind of burn me out a little bit just with the amount of choice but also having to then be in the driver's seat but not having control of where you're going i think is uh it was just a nice exercise in letting go and i thought that the story was really powerful and i think any game that makes you feel so like viscerally like please don't do that you don't have to do that um as you go through it um plus it's just all the stealthy mechanics that i really like in a game um so i was just oh, cool. stopping and restarting the entire time just so i could get those like perfect sneaky kills yeah you did mm -hmm. do that mm -hmm. a lot so what about you avalon what are your favorite your your top gaming moments of 2020 well you know for kind of similar reasons to francis um so <laughs> my recollection of the the fugue state of when we first got home with robin and like we were all on a, a two-hour sleep sleep wake cycle um is that we set up a fort in our bedroom and uh francis anytime i would get up with robin would play uh uh what is it, Paper Mario? The new Paper Mario game? Oh, yeah, yeah. And I've never seen any of those games be played before. Uh, but it was, like, very funny. And the little dialogues with the different little paper toads and stuff were very, like, irreverent or whatever. I don't know. So my my Fugue State baby time memories. Uh, I will always be very, very fond of Origami Paper Mario for that reason. I like that. That's nice. How's that Robin doing? He's Lousy. doing top notch. The dogs woke oh. him up, so he wasn't totally ready for this, but that's fine. Oh. Um, I would say number two would be Animal Crossing. Yeah, Just for the same. Sheer hours. Reason. Also right. sheer hours, yeah. I actually yeah. paved my entire island during a series of breastfeeding sessions, like just totally decimated all the mountains and rivers to make a large green parking lot. Um, and then only rebuilt... Uh, around Thanksgiving because I wanted to experience non-COVID holidays in the only way, literally, that you can in 2020. Yeah. Right. Hi, Robin. And I don't... Oh. Would number three be Outer Wilds, maybe? Oh, you did really like Outer Wilds. I loved Outer Wilds. I did not oh, like... Oh, yeah, that... I hated watching like a big that deal. more than anything. It was boring and nauseating. 
in a motion sickness way. I'll actually give it to a short hike. You just played that. I just played it, but I really enjoyed the experience of it. And I think, Diana, it moved me in the way that Spiritfarer moved you, in the way that Spiritfarer, I wanted to be moved by Spiritfarer, but I, it, it didn't. For, didn't for, quite hit you. for reasons we have discussed. But yeah, a short hike uh, had a lot of that emotional gravitas, but it was also really, really fun. And Francis actually is immortal. So the concept of uh, death is <laughs> just totally lost on me. It's <laughs> very lost on him. He can't really. <laughs> I'm like Buck in that way. Like Who's Buck? <laughs> oh, in the game. Yeah. Is that a spoiler? I like. Yeah. That's right. I didn't hear it because I was going to. I was thinking of my own thing to say. Oh, yes. So it's fine. Uh, I I am imagining that Robin is looking at me and thinks that I'm Matt Mercer. Now. Yes. In Robin is 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 on my on my top ten goals for twenty twenty one. Is Robin? Robin, no, <laughs> no, my top twenty, my top bleh, goals for twenty twenty one. Um, my priorities uh are are to apply to grad school and to meet robin oh i love both of those goals what kind of grad school uh for hospital administration that's really cool that is cool yeah it's we we can talk more about it all right well i definitely want to talk about it because there's nothing (laughs) i like more than forcefully encouraging people to apply for things (laughs) yes and that's that's so those are those are my my big dreams. Hi, Robin. Well, Robin is only going to meet you if you apply. <laughs> <laughs> well, that does it then. Okay. <laughs> Guess I better get that application going. Um, well, awesome. Uh, any other media, TV shows, movies? I know yeah. movies is like not movies a thing. Movies is like, a, yeah. yeah it's to- I think that 2020 for me has been the, the most rewatches I've ever done in my life in such a condensed period of time we have rewatched true blood mm-hmm. being human mm-hmm. uh uh all of 30 rock <laughs> there's a lot of that uh um new girl what i i feel like there's like 30 more shows that we we rewatched in their entirety um and yeah, not a lot of new movies except for um, Jingle All the Way, which was good. You've never seen Jingle All the Way? Not Jingle All the Way. Jingle, Jingle Jangle. Jangle. Sorry, oh, okay. my brain. I do. Short I circuit. have been having a really hard time with those two movie titles. Yeah, personally. Uh, but I, if you haven't seen it yet, definitely recommend it. Let's just talk about generally speaking nerd culture moment. So moment can either be like an announcement or something that you personally participated in or what oh, the equivalent yeah. of like going to a con might have been. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'll share and then I'm going to I'm going to bounce with our baby because he is awake now. Um, oh. I would say for me, it comes down to Extra Life, which is the first time I ever did it. And that was a real blast. And thank (gasps) you to both of you for like really promoting the hell out of that because we hit a really, we hit our fundraising goal and then doubled it, uh, the the fraternity that was uh, participating as a team. Um, So that was really, really cool. Um, I will do it again next year, uh, but I will uh, not do bad math because I, instead of doing 24 hours of 
gaming, did 36 hours of being awake, and that was mm. rough. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But really, really magical in its own special way because I was totally delirious through several of those hours and got to meet a lot of people. Um, so it was just a really special moment. Um, I would say uh, I almost said Minecraft is one of my 2020 games because this was the first year I really got into it. But it was actually more of like a moment because I was playing Minecraft constantly at like until three o'clock in the morning, I was trying to like get in all of my all nighters before knowing like when the baby came, I would not be able to like stay up that late playing video games. So there was many nights where I was just staying up till three, playing Minecraft and listening to audiobooks about pregnancy. Um, but at the same <laughs> time, a bunch of our friends got into it too. And so it was really like John was like working overnight. So me and my friend John were just always up playing Minecraft and we had. Yeah. We did a special Diana celebration. That's right for that, Diana's birthday. That was that was one of my favorite things. Is there video of that? There is. It's I am an idiot and didn't know how to like actually record streaming videos. So it's a video of my GoPro pointed at my Switch handheld. <laughs> but we built you a chicken because you really liked chickens. We we found you a new land. Like we handpicked it, like we went through the nether until we found a spot like way, way off in this new world that you could <laughs> make into your own. And we're like, this is a beautiful mountain upon which we shall build Diana's chicken. And we built you a giant chicken and then we filled that giant chicken with chickens. Yes. And it was and the chicken just drops eggs right out of its belly all day long. It does. Yeah. It, <laughs> it, it was really much harder to do than one might think. <laughs> It's, I mean, just like, and then what I did in my new land, my new kingdom, is I built a four by four mud shack where I could just keep more chickens. <laughs> because the only thing I really loved in Minecraft was the chickens. I was really obsessed with chickens and kind of the llamas, but mostly the chickens. What about the sheep? No, I never got. They're fucked up looking. I don't like them. They look, okay. they look like gremlins. But the chickens are just, they're the so, chickens are they're cute. agents of chaos. They're yeah. so adorable. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a fun moment in time. Well, get ready really for a, a revisit this winter when the uh, new DLC launches, because they're going to be making new ways of exploring underground, totally new caverns, underwater lakes. Um, so I plan on taking a, a underwater a, lakes. Yeah, underground. Underground. Under, okay. Underwater. Lakes. I don't know. It, I was like, well, that Minecraft. <laughs> it didn't occur to me that that was lakes. In well, as the long ocean. as the chickens are still there, they will uh, be there. Then I'll be happy. Maybe there will be underwater um, chickens, and there will be axolotls, or however you refer to it. Axolotls. Thank you very much. And then I would just say my third thing uh, would be uh, this this nerd room that y'all are currently in. Yes. Um, yeah. We had to move very unexpectedly and very disruptively. Um, and so Avalon and I just kind of decided, you know, like if we're going to be moving, let's really make this new place our own and let's do some of the things house projects wise we've been putting off. And so I'd always had this dream of having like a really sweet retro game set up. Um, and I had never been able to kind of like follow through on that, but I took a few weeks and, you know, set up a projector and like strung all the consoles and got some like HDMI and uh, component switches. Um, I also simultaneously got really into collecting video game OSTs. And so I made a video game OST wall. Um, so it was like this real kind of embracing of, of nerd stuff, um, and, uh, getting to like really have a space for that in our new home. And it was 
for a while, we hadn't really worked on the nursery or the bedroom or literally any other space of the house, but we had really gone ham on this room. So it was kind of like the escape room um, the or the room you escape to, not the escape right, room. Right, right. Not the room you escape from. Yes. <laughs> that was everything. I like it a lot. House. Thank you. Well, that's it for me. Well, thanks for joining us thanks, reluctantly. Francis. Thank you. I, I do appreciate it. I, it was fun. Um, I... I'm sorry that I thought that I had anything to say about Muppet Christmas Carol that you had. You did, said. but then you got nervous. I didn't get nervous. You had a lot to say about what it. What did I? Well, it doesn't matter now. <laughs> Francis, I will just tell you that that you you are you are forgiven for all your sins, your many sins. Uh, but no, we actually genuinely liked having you, so thank you. Well, I will say on the subject of forgiving sins, that does kind of bring us back around full circle. Because I would now like to spend the second hour talking to you both about the Christ child. No. <laughs> okay. All right. See, much like us, you spent a lot of your precious time talking about something else. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Well, Avalon, now I want to know what your favorite overall nerd moment was. Um. Okay. So I chose our Fair Fight stream fundraiser. You did. I did. Yeah. 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 And you really spearheaded that. that as a project, too. I Yeah. Was... I'm trying to spearhead a little more of the old projects. So it was nice that it was successful. Um, it really was. And yeah. it was fun. I was way too anxious about it. And then the second it started, I was chill because that's just how I live my life. That's Yep. That's yep. how it goes. Uh, so that was my number one. Um, but my close second was actually the I Hunt game because it was the first time I ever got to play with you as a character. Yeah. First that has and last never time. happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, we're but never it, doing that again. <laughs> no. But it was uh, – that made me really happy. I really enjoyed our session zero, and I really liked getting to play, and I wish that it had been more than a one-shot specifically because I really was so excited that we got to play together. Yeah, that was a big highlight for me too. Yeah. Um, just that we actually got to play a game together that I, that one of us was not the DM and we were actually like um, interacting together. So that's a big thank you to Drac for doing that intentionally. <laughs> yes. Uh, which was nice. Um, and Yes, also the the Fair Fight stream, the fundraiser, amazing. Um, but like, I guess, obviously, I, I my big moment, um, I think that the Neverland setting thing ha brought me lots of little moments, mostly good, a couple of ugly, but most of the time it was like a, a lot of good nerd moments from that. Um, but I think that the one that is forever going to stick out in my mind is when I was just doing my nightly Google of Peter Pan facts for a completely unrelated reason. Because yes. I was just I was just looking up <laughs> some quotes <laughs> that I had forgotten. Um, and when I was doing that, I saw my name like come up in a preview from a window that I didn't recognize and clicked on it and realized that it was the Wikipedia page for Peter Pan and that somebody had put me in it Aww. under like the pop culture, uh, like yeah. references or whatever. 
Um, and I, I think I, I've probably thought about that once every 48 hours since. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. So I wonder who did that. Well, that's awesome. And I've, I've posted about it on Twitter asking like, so that I could thank this person yeah. for doing that. But, uh, they, um, they don't. And I am not allowed to edit Wikipedia articles. I found out because I, uh, <laughs> I went to go check. Um, and I think that I was involved in some sort of trolling of a politician oh, <laughs> in like I see. 2012 and I You're tried banned. and my my email address was like you do not have authorization to edit that's very funny yeah well I I kind of like them being anonymous because I, I don't know it just feels fancier but I'll, I'm so proud of you and obviously yeah there, there should be a million Wow, you have so many. I would rather just do like year in review of like shit that you've done. <laughs> it feels like I did a lot, but then I try to list it and it's pretty much just that and like a bunch of like TikTok videos. No, I don't know. I don't The I don't werewolf know. thing. Yeah, Four Phases was a big four deal. Four Phases was That's, a big deal. You had like dice yeah. made. I know. I know. I know. And I. I, I've just literally been playing with them. The oh, <laughs> that's very funny. <laughs> They're like right next to me. Um, yeah, the four phases was a big deal for many reasons, which I mean, we've talked about at length together. But like one getting to like work with Gabe on something is a magical thing because he is so um, handsome. collaborative. <laughs> And very Smart. handsome. It <laughs> nice. Is, yeah, he's a lot of nice qualities yes. in a person. But he's also a timeless fae prince that I'm yeah. sure is. Yeah. Uh, but but he's so collaborative and he like really like hears what everybody wants, which is nice. And then Die Hard Dice are kind of the same way. I, I didn't really realize how intimately involved with like the the indie creators that they but they are they're like so um they're so entrenched in in the scene and it's so nice uh and then just being able to play a system that i love which is the storyteller system but to play in a game and not make it what sometimes those games can be which is you know a grim dark edge fest yeah. uh you know and uh and to have like some real focus on story i think that that game had exactly the amount of exactly the ratio of like story to combat that i want in a in a game yeah <laughs> yeah so that was a that was a big deal too i just remembered um, that website somebody made yeah for that npc <laughs> MariaBuildShit.com. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's like there's like an email on there. I don't know where those things are going or if anybody has sent emails to MariaFixesShit.com. Uh, I'll have to find out. Um, but yeah, that that's uh, there were so many good moments in that. Um, and I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it there were like. 2020 was definitely a year of, I feel like, extremes. Yeah. Like, there were some really dark lows, a lot of them. But then, like, the good moments were, like, super hot. Pretty yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. I feel that but way, too. Yeah. You know, 
But you had a son. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but really, yeah. Like, it, it can be hard sometimes um, to know how to to navigate those conversations in some ways because I have a few really huge things to be grateful for with 2020, but not in such a way as to be insensitive to how horrendously impactful it has been globally, you know, and yeah. Yeah. And then like, where's the balance where you're allowed to celebrate some things for yourself or, you know, yeah, but I I have a happy kid most of the time. So try to focus yeah, on that you did a good job making that and making that kiddo baked a good kid you did <laughs> you did he's very good and he's got he's got very chaotic hair which yes. i think is what i gave him <laughs> yes i think I, so that too. was my <laughs> he does yeah that explains i think he has your hair that must be yeah it. he has my hair <laughs> it's funny because we took him to the doctor the other day because we don't take him anywhere but he had to get some vaccines and the woman who checks you in and asks if you're symptomatic and takes your temperature at the door. I was like trying to sneak a peek of him and it is a carrier and she did. She was like, oh, so much hair. <laughs> like, yeah. You can you can tell people that he's one eighth Armenian. Yes. <laughs> that's, that's how that works. <laughs> that's how you'll explain yes. it. Yeah. Uh so uh, Avalon, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do after 2020's over? I'm going to pray that 2021 is different than 2020. <laughs> yeah. different. I like that the, the bar is so low that you didn't even say better. Just oh. something different than what we've definitely just done. Definitely better. I definitely hope better. <laughs> I feel like it has to be better. Um, uh, yeah. Not to be too much of a centrist, which I'm not, but I'm, I'm assuming that it must in some ways inevitably be marginally better given yeah. the new president. I I don't think it's know, gonna be I, great. No. Yeah. No. It's certainly not gonna be great. Uh but there are some hopeful things. Uh mostly, I mean, you know, my my step one is just all virus related. And Correct. on that front, Same. I feel like that 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 will hopefully get taken uh care of in the best way possible. Yes. And and um, you're vaccinated. I am 50%, 50% vaccinated. vaccinated. Yep. I have my second one on January 4th. So that's already better. So ringing, ringing in the new year <laughs> with uh, a vaccine, uh, which means that uh, basically nothing for me will change except for uh, that I can feel a little less anxious uh, all the time um, until more people get vaccinated. So please, if you have the opportunity to do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so my my hope for 2021 is um, is that I get to meet Robin, yeah, and see you two again, and maybe my family. I'm not I'm not I'm not holding out for 2021 conventions or any of that ridiculous. No, no, I don't no, think no. I don't think that's happening. But just to see like. A couple of the very important people. I, I'm I'm hopeful for that. Yeah, I would love to see my mom for mm. Robin to meet any of my family. Yeah. And I'd like I'd like some kind of like cool, innovative online convention alternatives. That isn't just like people streaming 
the way that they normally stream yeah with a convention title yeah yeah yes i feel like that's doable like it's not going to be great but i feel like there's some potential for something creative and cool there that i almost want to like start the ball rolling on it but i have no idea what i'm even saying so yeah same same (laughs) all right well if you want to help us plan our online convention reach out yeah or just do it or or do do it for us us. yeah yeah thank you uh all right bye bye happy new year